Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another podcast episode of the Coffee Roaster warm-up sessions. And uh, as you've probably read the title, today we're talking about something very interesting, something that I probably don't understand fully, but uh, we're going to take this apart and uh, talk about it a little bit. But like always, we start every single episode with a little taste of some batchy some batch brew, some drip coffee, a coffee, a black coffee, a, what else do people call it? A cup of joe, some brew. Mm. Yes, sir. Uh, tasty. Tasty treat. That's you good walk one. in, somebody, you're like, <clears throat> what can I get you today? And they're like, I want a coffee. What do you give them? I mean, a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you give them? You can give them a ton of things. Just a sack of green coffee. I know roasted coffee. I mean, it confuses me. What do you? What do you? When people say I'd like an iced coffee, I'm like, how do you want it? Do you want it with milk? Want just black? What kind of iced coffee do you like? Do you want a? I don't know. Do you want a an ice flashed pour over? Do you want just hot drip over? Ice. Do you Over want an ice? ice cappuccino? Do you want a steamed cold brew? Do you? I, that's where I, <laughs> that's where I was going. Do you want just cold brew steamed? I don't know. Man, I was just at the fork. Oh, I've been week. there for a long time. And mm. beautiful, beautiful morning. Very amazing. Probably one of my favorite restaurants in town. Probably went in there. Um, Maybe it was at the fork. Maybe it was somewhere else. Mm. Anyways, asked for a coffee. They brought out a coffee, and it hit every spot that I wanted. <laughs> Just the rich, like medium dark roast, mm. well extracted, but not so not bitter and harsh. And I was like, yes, I like. I'm. This isn't my type mm. of coffee, but I'm enjoying every bit of this with my breakfast. It's delightful. It works. Yeah, Sometimes I'm trying to think if I've, if I've done that. Recently, I don't know. I don't think I have. That's a problem working in coffee. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you don't have many of those encounters and experiences. Encounters of the fifth kind, <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the third wave kind. But when the are fifth we gonna kind? have UFOs and aliens brewing like pour overs? I mean, oh. or they probably wouldn't. I don't know. They have their own mechanisms. Dude, they of probably extracting are. the seed. If Maybe they have their own seeds. I bet they're brewing with a siphon. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're, they're, they're definitely not a V60 creature. They're definitely it's siphons siphon. or like some kind of magnetic pole where they pull the ground without, I don't know, right back up. Dude, like, I would say it's quantum coffee. They're just like thinking and it's like brewing and like manifesting and creating. And all of a sudden you didn't realize you haven't even consumed a cup of coffee but you've already fully experienced it. It's like all in one. It's like yeah. everything's happening at once. You're experiencing the flavors and the experience of brewing. I mean, quantum coffee, it's out there, folks, somewhere in the metaverse. Well, the multiverse, that's what I meant to yeah. say, not the meta. The it's multi, out there. The multiverse. It's in all of the verses. Many verses. <laughs> Alien verses. 
This oh, podcast God. is about to go of, off the rails. Uh, we need to folks, bring it back in. Yeah. I mean, we are talking about some we strange are, things. Yeah, we are but. talking about some strange <laughs> encounters. <laughs> um, but yeah, folks, I mean, before we, we get right into it, uh, go to your di- go to a local diner, sit down, and they ask you, would you like anything to drink? I just love a black... Don't, don't even say black coffee. Just say, I want a coffee. And they know. <laughs> They know they'll get you a diner mug with some coffee. Yep. That's it. You don't complain. No sugar, no cream or nothing. Just no string sugar, it as no is. Cream. You ask for the eggs with two bacon, two bacon slices on the Unless side. Unless you're vegan. Then you can go with the... Don't go to the diner then. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have like vegan sausage. I mean, you can go for that. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. It's tasty. Yeah, it's I okay. mean, this is what, like three-month-old coffee? Two months, three months, two yeah. Months, yeah. But still has, like, uh, the body sweet. Mm-hmm. It's complex a little bit. No, it Ca- has, like, I don't know. It's complex, like, when it comes to acidity and sweetness, maybe, to play on that. But it's not really complex, like, with, like, wild aromatics mm-hmm. or, you know. It's just, it's just, like, I mean, obviously, it's a little too far off of roast, but mm-hmm. it just has, like, a really nice sweet juicy body you know what this reminds me of yes it does uh no you you don't know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna it's, i'm gonna come off of like totally wild it, ilsa's uh finca tacanes from ecuador Mm-mm. Mm-mm. that's what it reminds me of not even close not even close mm-hmm. i'm not gonna agree with that that's why i mean i'm not just serious no i i don't know i i just i, I don't think that's what, what origin is this coffee from Oh, that's a good question. I think it's a Colombian. Well, Colombia pink bourbon. Okay, I'm not too far. Dive in. I'm gonna do some fact checking real okay. quick. Wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just keep you guys entertained while Sergi does some some research. We need a fact checker on the podcast. We used to. We used to. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that one episode that the fact checker was here. Um. So yeah, just uh, ro- just serving, uh, tasting a little bit of Regalia coffee um, was a roast defect kit, which is like a small defect kit that Scott Rayo puts together to help uh, roasters. And uh, it's a fun little experience. It's a fun little challenge for your palate. Um, it's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, it's usually a tasty coffee. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're, uh, we, we did it like a month ago. And uh, we just had some leftovers, and we're like, why not just throw it on the batch? So, yeah. It works. Yeah. It's tasty. It's good. It's a good roast. Yeah. Um, but in news, I've uh, bought some coffee recently. Yes, some yes, good, exactly. Tasty exactly. stuff. All of them were from uh, El Virgil, the Bader Woo-hoo. family. Uh, good stuff. I, I love buying coffees that we're serving. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of maybe uh sometimes damaging to the ego and uh comparison of roasting styles yeah between different brands but it's always good i would highly recommend that if you're in the roasting business buy coffees from folks especially if you can get the same lot yeah that would be insane yeah but at least from the same producers and same varietals and all that helps but um anyway so i bought some coffee from actually you and i were roasting Mm-hmm. And I was scrolling through the gram, and it got me, because uh, Christopher Farron posted mm-hmm. about the drop of the Koji Supernatural 
from L. Virgil. It's a, okay, we'll define this a little bit more, but it's a new processing method mm-hmm. that's kind of hit the industry where mm-hmm. um, they go into some crazy stuff, almost as crazy as Encounters of the Fifth Kind. <laughs> but not <laughs> that's, that's, so crazy. It's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's a little wild. It's a little wonky. But I snagged the coffee and pre-ordered and recently got it. What was the last week or so? A small little box, 150 grams, dove into it. And super tasty. Unfortunately, when I brewed it for you before the roast, I uh, over-extracted it hardcore and we uh, didn't even finish that. True beverage. That was Pretty a crusty. Yeah, you didn't get to experience the beauty. <clears throat> I don't like it. I'm gonna buy another one I next time. I don't. <clears throat> I have a hard time. You guys know if you've been around the podcast, you guys know my opinion on these supernatural, triple natural, upside down, whoa, fermentations. <laughs> yeah, all these, all these things. I just, I, I find them difficult. I, I find them challenging because, um, I think we all start. A lot of people start there in their coffee journey, which is not bad because it's it really opens your eyes to like, no, coffee can actually taste pretty wild, you know. Um, for me, though, that's, that was exciting for a couple of years. And then um, it just got kind of boring, I guess, because um, it felt like coffee. these coffees tasted a lot the same. And I felt like there was a lot of um, added things to the flip, like the processing got in the way of the flavor too much. And so that's why I struggle with all these experimental anaerobic, you know, aerobic, carbonic, maceration, thermal, whatever, you know, like all these wonky things. But there's something interesting about this supernatural koji that just from your experiences, unfortunately, I didn't get to taste it. So take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, This seems to be like a little something, something interesting, something a little different than what we've kind of gotten used to um, with, you know, these other experimental processes. Yeah. Um, I think the basics, there's an Instagram post floating around. I I think let's set one thing straight. All coffee, all coffee, Mm -hmm. washed, what supernatural honey, all coffee has a degree of fermentation. That's just the case because coffee on a cherry as it's getting ripe it's the fermentation process kind of happens but it's different when you start combining the method of like a natural where or not combining what i'm talking about just using mm-hmm. different methods to increase or decrease that fermentation yeah. and it gets it's much different yes it's yeah. much different so that's mm-hmm. why like you were saying like a lot of the times these ferment uh, fermented coffees taste the same because of Mm -hmm. just that method with koji it is even more different Mm -hmm. because there's an element of a bacteria Mm -hmm. that's being inserted into the fermentation process and it grows on top of that cherry it's like a mold almost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not a new bacteria this koji um, bacteria comes from old old times from china from asia japan japan yeah. japan that's right um it's it's an asian bacteria that is commonly used in i believe like sake rice maybe soy sauce right right um and it what it does is when it grows on that coffee cherry <clears throat> it produces like insane amount of sweetness so i'm not going to dive into the science behind that because mm-hmm. i'm no scientist and i have limited understanding right. to this, so that's a disclaimer. Right. 
There is a great article by Christopher Farron where he dives in the whole process because yes. he helped um, kind of foster and create this process mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. yeah. So what I tasted in the cup, like my experience with the coffee, one is the delicate flavors that you experience maybe mm -hmm. in like, you know, the florals and all of those like mm -hmm. delicate flavors and the acidity were present. But the complexity with that acidity and sweetness was pretty bonkers in my opinion. And mm -hmm. it was also roasted fairly well. I enjoyed the roast because it had a lot of clarity, but that sweetness was very different. Unlike any other natural I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, again, there are, there are similarities in the natural process mm -hmm. with the Koji or the other natural coffees that I've had. There's similarities, but to me, it did stand its ground as something unique. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, really enjoyed that. I thought the clarity was nice. Um, cupped it with a friend, a coworker, mm -hmm. and he was like, wait, is this a washed? He knew it was a natural, but he was joking because of the, how nice and clean that fermentation was. So that's my experience. I wish you would have cupped I it. I wish I did because yeah. I'm skeptical. I'm, a, I'm just a straight-up skeptic, yeah. folks. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, like – um, concept of like it tastes almost like a washed because it's just so clean I guess in its fermentation how it's processed I don't know it's just it's kind of beyond my understanding because once again I'm also not a scientist this is kind of a new thing that's come up um, but apparently there's a lot of good things and so you read a little bit mm -hmm. about this coffee and what yeah. the producers were saying uh, maybe if you want to recap just a little bit kind of a summary of what you just read yeah. before the podcast, if you remember. Yeah. Um, in general, that article, uh, Christopher breaks down just the history. That's one mm -hmm. thing. The history is very, very unique because it's not a new process. It's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when they brought it into coffee, the main, um, the like the flavor desire, there's a lot of other reasons why they did that. Mm -hmm. One, it's a fairly inexpensive uh, method to use the startup is a little high but mm -hmm. then you can reproduce it and it becomes fairly affordable for producers <clears throat> to use so there's mm -hmm. this idea of like sustainability i mean mm -hmm. it is complicated but the idea is flown around there right but what i like in the article there's this part where it says we wanted to produce a coffee that took everything we loved about classically processed coffees which a lot of the times wash is considered a classic process. Mm -hmm. The clean, bright, structured, uniform with elegant and well integrated and balanced fruit notes and amplify that. Mm -hmm. So that's where that idea comes from. Like this coffee is like a wash coffee on steroids mm -hmm. because that clarity and the complexity that we love in wash coffees, mm -hmm. this Koji process helps elevate that. He'll bring that to another <clears throat> level. Then it says, we weren't setting out to create a new profile. We were trying to elevate a coffee that was already exceptional. Mm -hmm. So, yes, this coffee also starts with, I mean, we, we serve the Elias and Shady coffee as well from those mm -hmm. producers. They already do a good job mm -hmm. in, like, processing coffees. So this already took their hard work and elevated to a mm -hmm. different level. And yeah. honestly, after experiencing the coffee, I'm like, that's how I would sum it up. It is like, yeah. it's a very, very nice coffee in general. Like it's probably one of the tastiest naturals I've had. 
I'm going to still hold on to Diego's coffee. That coffee still blows me away, the thermal shock. But this coffee is definitely up there in that category for me. Man. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess uh I guess I'll just wait until until I get my hands on Manhattan's Manhattan yeah, coffee Manhattan roasters. Um cuz I guess it's not it wasn't I know Christopher with his coffee roasting company did a very small mini drop. Yeah. Um that was very limited, but I guess now there are a couple roasting companies around the world that have gotten their hands on it. So, um I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to it and I'm you know, when it comes to these processes, like I just, I just hope that, that the process, like, I, I love that it was more about like elevating what the coffee already had right. in it where, and the sustainability aspect and the repeatability aspect is also very intriguing to me. Like I'm all for uh, that. I'm all for consistency as well. Um, and so for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to, uh, these interesting coffee processes that might that you know have the potential to push the coffee industry forward yeah. in many exciting and tasty and delicious ways. Um, I just don't think it's been done so far, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Which, once again, take it with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. hasn't been done uh, at least to what I would love and appreciate. You know, um, but I don't know. I'm intrigued. Once again, like yeah. this is these are just thoughts on the fly. Um, I wish that brew that we brewed came out decent, know, but uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll just be waiting for Manhattan because um, I know Narrative is going to be serving them I believe soon. So, so yeah, we'll have that Koji um, on the shelves. So hopefully the Koji, yeah. yeah. So folks, if you want to get your hands on something like that, look out for the Koji process. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's floating around there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, I would say definitely do some research on this uh, method because what excites me about it is it is taking a like a method of fermentation like it's taking this bacteria that's like ancient it's like mm -hmm. historic yeah, yeah. it's much older than coffee in that yeah. sense like you know before the whole you know dancing goat thing happened yeah, um, yeah. this bacteria like existed and it was utilized by folks that have no idea right. probably had no idea what coffee is at that point yeah, yeah um and so to take something like that that's been like tried and true within a culture bring it in to coffee, which is fairly new, mm -hmm. um, and combine the two, um, that excites me. That's like a form of innovation that I like. Yeah. Like that, yeah. just the whole story, the history behind it, the combination, the effects that it has on flavor, but also um, the fact that this could help farmers to a mm -hmm. degree, even though we were also reading earlier that yeah. what natural processed coffees make up only of like 1% of yeah. total coffee well, experimental yeah or experimental, experimental not natural yeah, not natural yeah. So, yeah, experimental, experimental processings only make up like one percent of total coffee production yeah. it's very so it's, it's still very very, very limited yeah. like you know yeah. i love how we throw around sustainability within these conversations when we're only mm -hmm. talking about a tiny small yeah. niche yeah. of coffees it's kind of mind-blowing you know? yeah but all in all it does <clears throat> excite me i i love stuff like that there's like yeah, I guess this yeah. entrepreneur, like kind of innovative mm -hmm. um, spirit behind it all, yeah. especially with taking something <clears throat> that's ancient, like the Koji. Yeah, which so. taking something, you know, ancient, like the Koji and implementing that just makes you wonder, like there are probably so many different ways and things and processes that 
all it takes is really just taking two and two together mm-hmm. and seeing if it works. That that's not even coming up with something different. Like that's not coming up with you know a specific kind of um, containers or machinery. Mm-hmm. It's really just using something that's already been around and just splicing them together and allowing them to work together, yeah. which is, I I mean, yeah, th- there's something like exciting about that, that it kind of opens up a whole door of um, ideas or thoughts to think like, oh, like there's stuff that's already existed that mm-hmm. we just haven't tried, but they might go really, really, really well together. And who knows what's going to happen five years from now when somebody, you know, realizes you know if you throw an orange peel on some cherries it you know what whatever you know like something crazy like that so yeah that's that's fun it's fun i I, i'm stoked on it i mean there's still going to be the argument of whether you know that's taking processing too far because there have like you just mentioned like throwing an orange peel there has been processing methods that literally like you know external elements are added into to enhance and add that flavor mm-hmm. into the processing like a pineapple yeah, like yeah, an orange yeah. like that's actually infusing like flavor into the coffee into the processing mm-hmm. but this is slightly different because this is just infusing mm-hmm. a bacteria um into the ferment to help it like ferment properly so but then again it's like it's different different infusing just like not not another yeah. flavor you're infusing a bacteria yeah which i i don't know yeah i guess i guess as we wrap up this this episode um um we'll share some final thoughts but um when when is processing just too far um cuz you just brought that up like i know i know we i know there's something actually called flavored coffee out there in the world um which we all would probably agree is just like no you just don't do that but then again, then why not? You have right. I, I I guess so. I don't know. Do you guys yeah. drink flavored coffee? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Then again, it's like it's like I don't know when is process, or maybe there is nothing that doesn't exist where it's just too far, um, where we're throwing you know pineapples or blueberries into a tank, and then the coffee ends up tasting like pineapples or blueberries. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on? What's your take on that? I think at the end of the day, that's. Yes, it's for us to decide. As a coffee consumer, I get to decide what I want to drink. Do mm-hmm. I want to wash or natural? Like I, but just because I like a specific bend, mm-hmm. doesn't automatically make the other bend, like not good enough or unacceptable or not. Like for example, if if a coffee producer can take a lower grade coffee infuse mm-hmm. it with oranges and get a higher price is that bad like you know what i mean if that yeah. helps them sustain and make a living i might not drink it i don't want it but if it's clearly labeled it says this is a orange peel fermentation coffee yeah. and people love that flavor they love that infusion mm-hmm. well and it makes sales go up that's fine maybe not for me but for someone else so i, I don't know by saying too far or you know more like Mm -hmm. those are all going to be very relative terms to what i prefer right people still drink flavored coffees people still drink caramel macchiatos people still enjoy mochas like so we all get to decide on this together you know whether we like dark roast or light roast whether we like koji or wet hulled like that's 
all of our decisions. It's not just one person's or one brand's or one company mm -hmm. to decide on that. So, yeah, that's intriguing. I don't know. Yeah, that's very. It's hard. Um, it's hard. I'm perplexed. I don't know. I don't know. I um, part of me is saying like, no, I don't want to drink infused coffee. Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, I guess. I mean, if you like, if you like macchiatos, or if you like um, twenty pumps of vanilla in your coffee, or if you like yeah. flavored coffee, or that blue coffee, or whatever, like. I get, I get, yeah. Yeah. Some people that, like Taco Bell and, and some people, And that's the hard you know. part about, I guess, being in an industry that's both subjective, but also then you have a cue that is actually on a, on a scale of scoring, which then is like, is not supposed to be subjective then, because it's supposed to be a little bit more rigid and on, according to a specific framework. But then that framework we're also noticing is changing as yeah. new processes come out. I mean, now when you're taking the cue, now they're throwing anaerobic coffees on there, yeah. which it's it just like, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think, know. Like, those are, those are just scoring, thoughts. Um, I also think scoring yeah. doesn't define what's good or bad in the sense of <clears throat> flavor experience. It may define like defect. Like, yeah. oh, this coffee is bad because it has a defect. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't define, like, what you like. Like, we were talking about diner coffee. Like, right, for some right, folks, right. Yeah. Yeah. that coffee is probably under an 80. It's yeah. commodity grade. Yeah. But that's what the whole, does, uh, the whole element of uh, flavor and preference, mm -hmm. scoring doesn't define that. Yes, scoring gets complicated when well, you're what, talking what about I'm, clarity of what cup. I, what I mean mostly is, like, is, like, when I for sure agree is like every, most of these things are very subjective. Like if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But then it's like when you intermix then, like when we're sourcing coffee, when you integrate cup score, then what then, does that mean? Yeah. What does that right. mean? Yeah. When in reality, I could really love an 82 coffee. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for somebody it's an 82, but for me, it's like a 90. Cause right. I just love it so much. You know, yeah. it's like, that's where I'm like, I don't know. I'm still, yeah. I'm long story yeah. short folks. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my mind and figure out what, what this means. And I think a lot of people in the industry, um, are to a certain extent, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All in all, Koji's exciting. Go read up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Educate yeah. yourself. Um, hopefully we, uh, inspired you to do that. Yeah. And really, uh, go pick up, pick up a bag if you can. It's probably going to be a little pricey and expensive, mm -hmm. but it's definitely something interesting and fascinating to have at least once in your coffee bar. You know? Yeah, totally. I don't know, folks. Anything else, Serge? That's it. I think that's it. All right. Good convo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guys, pitch into the conversation down in the comment section of the YouTube video. If you're watching this on YouTube or hit us up on Instagram or something, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about what this perplexing and kind of intriguing conversation, yeah. what your take is on that. But um, that being said, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one. And remember, reflect what's good.